Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is episode 93 with Vin Lee. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Welcome, everybody. Today I have with me Vin Lee, and he is many, many things. He's a TCK, he's an entrepreneur, he's a businessman, he's an author, and I'm excited to talk to him about his story, his journey, and just kind of what he's doing right now. So welcome to the show, Vin. Hi, Tayo. I'm very glad to be here on your podcast. <laughs> now, uh, we were talking before because you said you know that we both shared the, the love of uh, the French language, but can you tell me more about your background and how you got to start speaking French. You want me to do it in French? I know you would understand. I'm both in French, man. Everybody else listens in English, so. Okay, okay. So, bonjour, bonjour. So, I think uh, I'd have to start with my parents. So, okay. uh, both of them uh, lived in Vietnam, but mm-hmm. my mother is Chinese. And they actually met in France, uh, where I was born. And I'm actually a third culture kid. Uh, living in a French environment. Oh, wow. And for me, I, I just uh, thought that it wasn't as natural for me to grow up there as uh, for the natives. And I actually had to, uh, uh, it was a bit difficult at the beginning, but now I realize that it's actually a difference that makes a difference. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was good. So, you, so your parents, um, what, what was their job? Like, how did you end up in France? Because if it, it's Vietnam and then Chinese mom, and then, yeah. is it your dad's job or mom's job? Uh, actually, they went in France to study. They had good grades in Vietnam, so that was one of the prerequisites to, to actually go to, uh, to France. And uh, they, they, they met over there during their studies. And, uh, and as uh, things went on, my father became a, a physics teacher. So he taught me a lot of math and physics, and that's why I became a good student. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, he also went to teach a bit in uh, Morocco. So uh-huh. he, he traveled a bit. Uh, I, I went there a bit as well, and I got accustomed to the, to the culture over there. 
but uh, most of my upbringing was uh, in France, and uh, and my mother is uh, is a nurse, and she we moved to the to the city of Clermont-Ferrand, <laughs> Clermont-Ferrand, <Wow>. Clermont. <laughs> <Okay>. yes, <laughs> which is very well known for volcanoes and uh, and the cheese, uh, very good food over there. Huh. Yeah. Now, um, growing up as a kid, obviously. Um, People think people people saw you and they didn't think you looked French. So when when did you become cognizant of the fact that you were a little bit different? Well, uh, I remember there was uh, the the story of a child who was uh, a, a white uh, a white kid who was uh, brought up in Africa, and the way he would draw the families, everyone he would draw everyone as white, and he was just make his face as black <laughs> yes. because he would see himself as a black person and for me i was like like everyone else because i was the only asian kid around and we were the only asian family around so i really considered myself as being french but the the, the thing is that uh, people don't in, really interact with you the same way i remember i know that most of the kids they uh, some of them would make fun of me, but they're kids, they're, so they, they say whatever comes to their mind. But they would never really fight with me because they thought I would do Kung Fu. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, really wow. Yeah, so, so they thought it was that type of stereotype. So that's, that's crazy. Um, and then um, you, said, you said sometimes it was a little bit difficult. So I was, I was just curious when, mm -hmm. like for me, when I, when, I, when I moved a lot growing up, I remember in middle school, because this is when I started learning French in Burkina Faso. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was ten or eleven, and I sometimes I went to international school. It was, it was interesting because I would go back home, and, and the students, you know, white, European, you know, all sorts of country, Asia, everywhere, and I just sort of felt alone because I felt like everybody sort of belonged in, and I was just, you know, just trying yeah. to find my place. Um, but it took a while, and then I eventually found a way to connect to people. I guess mine was always through sports, and you know. Um, and uh, geography and pop culture, but I had to find a way to connect to people. What was your connector? <laughs> it's true that um, there was a, a bit of difference. I remember my my parents. There, there was always uh, how we behave at home and how we should behave uh, outside. True, <laughs> because, because the the values were different. Um, and uh, I think that it just, you know, being with everyone, like school was a very uh, good way to, to, to mingle with all the people. I think playing football was a, was a very good way, you know. Uh, it's just playing with the kids. When you play, everyone's the same and uh, they, you, you just feel you belong. Right, but it, because I, I could speak the language, so there was no problem. Uh, uh, I was a bit introvert when I when I was growing up, but uh, more and more I learned to to open myself. All right, no, no and, and that's such a great point. I, I love that you said um, you said two things there. Language helped you connect, and then it was obviously, obviously, obviously you played soccer. And soccer is. Uh, well, I'm playing soccer now. I, I always say football, but I don't know why I said soccer because I'm in America. Yeah, but <laughs> but um, it, it's it's one of those universal things. But okay, no. Um, so if I if I now fast forward to your to your life to your college, you decided to work at, in in that playing company, right? Yes, yes. Right. Uh, it uh, it all started also because I have a passion for aircraft, planes, and aeronautics. Mm -hmm. um, it was when I, when I was a kid and I traveled to Vietnam. Uh, I, I had the, the luck to, to really see uh, a cockpit and it, 
if you think about it, an aircraft is something amazing. Mm. It, it flies, you know. Right, and <laughs> that's true. Uh, defies gravity. <laughs> it defies gravity. Yes. Uh, and uh, it also makes the world such a small place. Mm -hmm. And we have so many third culture kids that wouldn't be there if they weren't aircraft. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> and and I, I, I really wanted to work in the in the airplane industry. So I was a good student, you know, uh, Vietnamese education. Uh, my father is a physics teacher, so <laughs> no questions. I became a good student. I went into an aeronautical school. Um, I started uh, doing some internship as uh, being a flight attendant, <laughs> mm -hmm. so uh, learning really how the aircraft works, uh, traveling a lot uh, in uh, the US, uh, in Africa as well, seeing a lot of different cultures. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I got the opportunity to work in the biggest aircraft manufacturer in the world. Uh, it's bigger than Boeing, actually. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Airbus. Airbus, uh, yeah. Yes, Airbus. And uh, I, I was uh, I was very lucky to go there. I, I went through an intensive training. You know, before they even let you to speak to one customer, you got to you've got to go through one year of training. Wait, one year? Yes, one year. During one year, you're completely useless. <laughs> you just wow. sit uh, on a chair and you you work on your presenta presentation skills, uh, aircraft engineering, aircraft mechanics and all that and after they think uh, that you're worthy enough to see the customer then you start traveling oh my goodness that's that that's a lot of work so you yeah. you, you discovered that you have this passion for for aircrafts and then um you stuck with it you know you 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 fell in love with it and then you you sort of got you know how long are you still working there or did you sort of move away yeah. from there I uh, I uh, actually uh, left the the company like uh, one year ago. Uh, I'm on a sabbatical leave, mm -hmm. but uh, for for eight years I've really gone into uh, uh, the the aeronautics. I was in touch with all the experts within the company, asking them, oh, what's that technology that you have that we can put inside the aircraft, and how can we sell that to the customer, and. You, you get to travel all the time. Uh, I remember there was one week I would have, uh, I was in three continents. I've done three continents in a week. Three continents a week, wow. Yes, uh, I would wake up, I wouldn't know what time it is, uh, uh, where I was, uh, or even who I was, you know. And that's, uh, that's a bit difficult because you, uh, you don't really travel the way you want. You, you see a lot of countries and you, you feel like you're in a buffet, you taste a bit of everything, but really don't, you don't really get a taste of it. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it can be fun sometimes, but then when you keep going back and forth, you don't even get to enjoy or save the environment. So it's, uh, it's a little <laughs> difficult. It's a little difficult. So what about, um, you know, you took the sabbatical. And I, I, mm -hmm. I know that you you know you don't you do a lot of things. So one of the things is you you've written a book, right? I think you wrote an Amazon bestseller. Yes. Or maybe you wrote several books. I think is it two or one of how many books? I, I I wrote two books. Okay. Uh, it's about a, a topic that I love okay. because I think that that everything everything in life is linked to persuasion. Mm. If you want to start your company, if you want to make a project. You, you have to convince other people to support you, to give you money, to give you the expertise, their time, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you have to persuade them. Uh, it started with uh, actually reading a lot of books. I recommend uh, my books. Yes. <laughs> or the, and or Cialdini's uh, Influence, 
where he really breaks down the whole uh, framework of influence into six uh, factors that you that can be applied anywhere. So I, I really fell in love with that. Uh, I made a blog uh, which is actually at my name. So vin v i n h dot lee l y. Uh, actually, quite I'm actually quite lucky because the top level name is actually my last name. So oh. I <laughs> <laughs> that works out. That works out. So what's the title of the book? And then you know what are some of the things? Because I would definitely put it in the show notes. I want people to know mm-hmm. what, what to expect in, uh, in the book and and um, why you know you're very passionate about that because it's going to lead to the next question I'm going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the title of the book is Billion Dollar Influence, a persuasion skills masterclass from someone who sells private jets for a living. Mm, that's very, <laughs> very specific. I like it. <laughs> yes. We, we uh, thought a lot uh, with my editor about the title and uh, we think that's the one that describes the best what is in the book. So what is in the book is uh, uh, basically I, I wanted to make persuasion, learning persuasion simple. Uh, at the beginning, I started by making very complicated models, but I wanted to make something that people could consume and remember. So at the end, I made comics. Oh. And if you make comics, people read them very easily, and it forces me to remain simple, and people remember them. So I, I made a, a whole framework in persuasion, and it explains all that uh, using uh, comics. Wow, so you use comics to... To get a message out, and so and it's so it's not a is it a book slash comic book or it's it's so when you look at your book they see the images, and you got the characters saying the messages and um, it's easier to uh, absorb. Uh, actually, when they read the book, uh, they they have the first uh, they they get the comic. The comic has uh, six panels. The first three panels give you the normal situation. I call it normally. So you see two people t- talking and uh, they try something and it doesn't work. And then you have the second situation. It's not normally. It's Vindy. Vindy. <laughs> yeah. And, and in that situation, you see the, the the persuasion technique at work. For example, if we take the the double bind, which is a persuasion technique, you 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 say, do you want to pay cash or visa? Uh, if you see a girl, you say, do you want to go to my place or yours? Ah, <laughs> you, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you frame the question as uh, so that the two choices are actually the choices that are good for you. So the people think that they have a choice. Actually, you're making it for them already. Right. No, no, this is good. I'm, I'm looking at the, the Amazon uh, mm-hmm. uh, review right now, um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. Because uh, there's some, someone saying, this is a great book with excellent examples, a guide to practice <laughs> new techniques. Many, many books gives you, you know, tons of, uh, of theory, but... And science, and you don't care about that. But this this actor actually talks about ways to improve your skills. So I'll put I'll put the book out there. It's a billion dollar influence persuasion skills masterclass from someone who sells private jets for a living. All right, I'll put, <laughs> yes. I'll put that out there. Now, one of the other fun things you do is also you're you, besides being an author and a businessman um, that sells private jets for a living. You, <laughs> you, um, you, you, you've been an entrepreneur. You, you know, you got invited to the French version of the Apprentice, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can you, can you talk about that experience. I know you've got some good and bad things about it, but I'm curious about what that's like, what the process is like, and and how you got selected, why you wanted to do it, all that. 
Absolutely. So uh, I, I wish I could say I'm a, a TV star, but nobody has recognized me in the street yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, no one knows who I am. So it's all. I, 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 share oh, pain. Oh, I know who you are, Tayo. Ah. <laughs> uh, so uh, what happened is that uh, I was sitting in front of the the TV and uh, I, I saw the the ad saying, "Oh, do you like sales or negotiation? We're 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 going to uh, make a new TV show." Right. And in my heart, I knew that was The Apprentice because I've been watching it for years in the US, uh, in the UK, and I said. What a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I, I can really go there and, and show my persuasion skills. You know? right. A lot of people say they can do things and I, I want to show it on TV. And uh, what, what happened then is that I, uh, I sent my, a video resume and they made me go in front of the camera and I had the magic tricks because um, you, you, some people, if you read my book, you will know that I'm a magician right. and that I use magic to sell aircraft. Uh, I have the whole storytelling about the aircraft uh, being lighter, going on top of the deck. I make uh, uh, coins disappear and reappear when they choose my aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> I take the aircraft from a PowerPoint screen and put it in real life. Right. Uh, so, so. Uh, and when they've seen that I've got the, I said I was involved in private jets, I'm Asian, I think it does count, uh, they have too much certain type of demographics. Right. And uh, they saw that I was extremely, extremely motivated. They say, okay, you're going on the show. So oh. uh, I was very happy. I said there would be so many pictures of me, uh, everyone would know me, so many uh, opportunities that the doors would burst open when I arrive. Yeah. So I started and I tried to explain it to my friends and my friends did not really understand what the show was because the show does not exist in, in France yet. Mm -hmm. they, they said uh, it's very disgusting to have unemployed people fighting on TV to get a job. You know, mm -hmm. that, that was the <laughs> mentality. Re Re reality TV is not, uh, is not, it's not, did not make its way over there to France. It's more like an American thing, huh? Yeah. And <laughs> they really thought that I would be like uh, making a fool of myself. Say, why do you do that? You already have a great job. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you not need to go on reality TV? And for me, I said, okay, I'm not going to listen to anyone and I'm going to do it. And uh, I, I started out and it wasn't actually what I expected. It was uh, very harsh, you know, uh, all the, every, every episode is actually one day. So if you have like 16 uh, episodes, then you have a, uh, uh, six days of filming one day uh, where you can rest and then six days as well so you wake up at 5 a.m and you go to sleep at 1 a.m hmm. very very tiring and uh, oh my god the, some of the guys were unbearable <laughs> <laughs> they were unbearable well, why were they unbearable Do I, did you did you get paired up with like uh some diva or something oh yeah they would not shut up <laughs> they would keep talking and talking and, and I, w I was trying to say something and whatever I said, I was wrong or not listened to. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. 
Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. So you really had to scale, uh, to, to ramp up your leadership skills, and that was, uh, in that case, I really understood what it meant to, to really put yourself out there. Mm. I was more in other environment where people would listen to you, where everyone would speak turn by turn. Here it was like fighting for survival, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, it is the apprentice. So did, did you, how many weeks did you last on the show? I uh, lasted uh, something like six, uh, six shows. Six and, shows. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and when I left, uh, it was not because I was incompetent. <laughs> I, I need to say that. It's just the, the team leader said, uh, I'm a competitor. And instead of taking the two weak, uh, weak uh, team members, I will take the two best members with me to the, to the boardroom. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I said, why? Oh, why? Yeah. Why would you take someone? If you need to fire people, why would you need to take the, the two best team members? That's you know? true, yeah. Sometimes they do that though. Sometimes, because I'm a big fan of the apprentice here, and I, and I always say, ah, oh, no, don't do that. And sometimes it's like part of the strategy. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's like, it sounds and, like you're part of that. Yeah, it was part of the strategy. And the guys, they were like a big, loud mouth, and uh, I, they were very good for the audience and all that. So, in the end, uh, I was the one to go. Uh, I, I thanked the, the boss, and I said, uh, uh, I hope we can work. Uh, I hope we can work together. Uh, but the the way you live is very important in this case. But but the, the 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 thing that I haven't said yet was that the show actually didn't work in France. Mm. Uh, the we, it only aired for for two nights. We they expect expected something like three million people to watch it, uh, which would be the average, and the first night only. One million people, wow! And okay. even less the second night. Ah, so, so, that, so it got canceled. That, sorry. So it got canceled. So we got canceled after the second night. Ah. There, there can be many reasons for that. Some people say uh, there are, there is no French word <laughs> for uh, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, Bush said that. <laughs> uh, entrepreneur being a French word, but, right? Uh, exactly. As I was gonna say, yeah, it's a French. So okay, so it, it got canceled. Um, how did you? How did that make you feel? Because you invested so many, so many, um, yeah, so much of your time into yeah. the show, and then you didn't even get to your episode. 
um, uh, first of all. I, I, they didn't see me fired on national TV. Yeah. On national TV. Right. And uh, I think they, they couldn't say the word fired because fired was like too strong. Mm-hmm. So they said things like you're not ready yet, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, so okay. they, they were like very, a lot softer. Okay. Uh, how did I feel? I feel a bit frustrated. Uh, I wish the people understood more of what we were trying to do with the the apprentice. But the thing is that mostly uh, uh, they said that when they go back from work, they don't want to see more work at home. They they just want to relax and uh, see things that are more entertaining than watching The Apprentice. Gotcha, gotcha. Fair enough. And, and that's one of the things about culture because sometimes something works in a different culture than it does mm-hmm. in the French. So can you tell me more about the French culture, for example? Um, and I, w- I want you to. You know, as, as someone who of Vietnamese origin, you know, mm-hmm. and, and some, I'm some Chinese, and someone who's just like well traveled, like you, you travel all over the place. Mm-hmm. What is what? Well, yeah, what is unique about the French culture that people don't understand? That people don't normally get, especially as a as someone that looks at it with a unique lens. It took me a, a lot of time to really understand what was uh, the difference uh, between the, the French culture and the other cultures. But just, uh, and I understood it, it more and more when I had a French girlfriend, <laughs> ah. <laughs> because uh, I really got to live in the family and see how they behave and all that. Uh, I would say that French are very particular when it comes to uh, food <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and quality. There is a, a proper etiquette when you eat, uh, when you when you have wine and all that. Uh, when you have food, you talk about food. It's very important moment in the day so whenever I am with uh, other French people we spend at least one hour and a half eating and discussing uh, rebuilding the world and all that and uh, something that was uh, really deep in the roots and that I recently realized is the difference between a a, a guilt culture and a shame culture Hmm. so the uh, I think that uh, Western in the Western uh, world it's more uh, something that's called the guilt culture, and in uh, the Eastern world it's more a shame culture. It means that uh, whenever you do something wrong uh, in the Western culture, you have to confess something you, you've done something wrong. You have to feel guilty about it, mm-hmm. you know. And in uh, in the East, it's more about how people will perceive you. Mm-hmm. you know? uh, if you, for example, my parents. When, uh, when I did something wrong, they would never tell me it's bad. They would tell me the consequence of what would happen if I did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. They say, in France, uh, for example, in the Western culture, they say, uh, don't steal, it's bad. Uh, my parents told me, don't steal. If you get caught, you go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, very different, actually. Uh, that's and, very, very, very different. <laughs> it puts like a fear in you, or the, you, know, you, you embarrass the family, right? Or yes, you, yeah. There's a there's a question of face. It's true that also I I don't often say no. Mm. <laughs> I, I do have the the Asian yes. I understand what you say, and it's very important to for me to keep the. I, I think about the the collective. Right, right. No, that, that that's that's so interesting because um, I'm I'm Nigerian, and in the African culture, a lot of times it is similar to the fact that there's shame culture. So when I went, when I moved to uh, the States, United States, to study, you know, my dad and mom would say, don't, you know, don't get involved in bad gangs. If you do that, this is what's going to happen, and everybody's going to say, you know, it was a mistake, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Make sure you don't join, you know. So it was always that you always had 
this is what would happen if you do this type of thing. So it's it's the same culture, like you're saying, and and that 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 that's very interesting. I, I, so having to navigate between guilt and shame culture, mm-hmm. what, what did you? <laughs> what did what did you end up doing? Did you like? Did you always go out of your house like okay, saying I can't embarrass the family, and then did you? Yeah, just, in a in a guilt culture environment, uh, I, I I'm uh, I'm thinking about uh, what uh, people consider that should bring them guilt and uh, how I should uh, avoid putting them in that situation or putting myself in the situation. Gotcha. You know, uh, so I, it was very hard because uh, you know uh, one of my friends they. There's, they did something that had absolutely no consequence on anyone, and they, f- they kept feeling guilty about it. Right. But that has no consequence. I mean, uh, nobody knows about it, uh, nobody's going to be affected, and, and still you feel guilty about it. That was something for me, I say, okay, it's done, okay, move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. And one thing, one thing I want to talk again about your growing up is... Besides doing ma- magic, um, which is something we haven't talked about, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that. But th- there's um, there's obviously an aspect of, of relationships and and having that job. How did you? I, I don't know if you are in one, but how have you found relationships with your family, friends, and uh, maybe significant other as someone who's constantly navigating between cultures? What, what what are some pieces of advice that you could give to people out there who constantly on the go and like we're looking for that some form of uh, secure friendship or anything like that yeah for me it was uh, everything became easy when I uh, actually things were quite easy because people when they see me as being Asian they they think they think that I don't know how to behave oh, <laughs> uh, wow. they would excuse a lot of things because they say he comes from a different culture so he might not know <laughs> so, so every time I was doing something, I would just uh, that might be a very agent thing, but I would apo- apologize first. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, when, uh, for example, uh, everyone is sitting in front of the, their dish and uh, you don't know when to start, and uh, you say, "Okay, I don't know what's the uh, process here, a protocol here, but uh, is it okay if we start?" So every every time I I have a question, I just say it out loud, and I just say, okay, I don't really know how it works. Uh, just when you want to meet someone, you know, uh, in France, uh, sometimes you kiss, sometimes you shake hands, sometimes you hug, sometimes there's a different number of kisses. Sometimes you start with the right cheek, sometimes with the left cheek, depending on where you are. Uh, I, I just say, okay, how does it work over here? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and, and then, with, but so that just made, did that make it easy for you to connect? Because people were like, oh, he doesn't, you know, he's a little, um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, I had to sneeze. <laughs> Don't uh, worry. So, so it's uh, it like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't know, so let's just welcome him. So that made you more, I guess, easier to connect to, or? I think that uh, I, I wasn't uh, ashamed of asking, and uh, I was genuinely interested in how things work. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I got interested in their culture, and I say, "Oh, is that how it works? Or is oh, how? What's this cheese? Curiosity. Can you tell me more about it?" Yeah. So you um, you, you tap into your curiosity, you ask questions, and that yeah. that helped. And that's something that I, that I completely agree with. I always tell. When people always ask me, I, you know, what is it about you know traveling? I always say, you know, I'm someone that smiles. I have a lot of energy, but um, I'm not afraid to to ask questions 
because I really don't know a lot of things. So uh, when you ask questions, yeah, you, you know, you put yourself in a position where you're learning, and um, you also obviously meeting people that that, that will uh, inevitably take you in or talk to you about some sort of things and tell you what not to do. And that helps you connect better. Um, yes. At least in my, my experience. Okay. Right. So as um, we get ready to wrap up, I, I want you to, to to talk about two things. So one is what's what's upcoming for you? What things do you have that are coming for you? And then the second is how you use your difference to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So what's coming for me is uh, I... Uh uh, I told you I'm working in pasteurization, but pasteurization is so big a field. Uh, there's a, a, a dating and relationship, right. there's getting a job, negotiating pay raise, or talking with investors. I even got someone who uh, contacted me asking me if I could help him get out of jail, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, and I said, oh, I can try. <laughs> But that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> but <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I met someone, uh, his name is Fabrice. He's, um, he's a great guy. He's an expert in conversion rate optimization. And I'm partnering with him to, uh, to make a service that helps people improve their websites and improve their conversion rates. Um, and the, the amazing thing is that uh, we really went into the trenches and for someone who, uh, who was used to selling private jets, and uh, we started on Fiverr, you know? <laughs> right. I know Fiverr, we, we yeah. Start- I've used Fiverr a lot, yeah. Uh, it's great. And uh, actually, that was the best way to actually see how the market uh, reacts to the, to the offer. So we started with $5 gigs and now we have like more than 100 customers and, uh, we, and we prototyped a productized service to help people improve their conversion rates. We've made the, um, the launcher of uh, our service outside Fiverr. So you can find it on uh, improveyourconversionrate.com. Improveyourconversionrate.com, okay. Yeah, uh, I think that it's good for the listeners to uh, to download our free ebook at improveyourconversionrate.com slash bonus, mm-hmm. where they, they have some free tools that they can immediately put on their website to improve their conversion rates. And for me, that was important, you know, uh, to develop my own service and to provide something that would be useful to people. Because it's good to work for a corporate job. You meet a lot of people who... Uh, who have lifestyles of billionaires, but you don't have that lifestyle. You don't have that freedom. And I really wanted to get that freedom, live as a nomad, you know. Uh, I've been in Barcelona, next month I'm going to Thailand. I travel with, with my own terms, and I think that this business is really going to help me doing that. Okay, so you, you, you're creating a lifestyle that's going to allow you to have that location independent business. Um, Absolutely. You really, really want to do that. So I, the, the website again is what? improveyourconversionrate.com mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think they should uh, download the free ebook which is at improveyourconversionrate.com slash bonus okay 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 we'll do we'll make sure we put that there and um, alright I, I, I lied I said I had two questions but I have one more, <laughs> I have one more question before I ask you why you use a difference how you use a difference to make a difference and that has to do with persuasion skills I'm very intrigued what mm-hmm. are three tips you can give the listeners out there uh, to help mm-hmm. them become better persuaders? Uh, I think there are three. Uh, I can give, a, I think the use of the double bind is a, is a very good tip that they can use. Try to frame the, try to frame 
the uh, the choices uh, with two with only two options so that the two of them benefit you but don't put it like uh, up front after mm -hmm. a conversation just drop it and then uh, people will uh, will take uh, any of those two choices and uh, you you've got the money uh, oh, well, it works so frame this, frame the yeah. question as two choices yes the the thing would be to frame the, the question as two choices uh, the second persuasion tip would be, uh, uh, I know it's counterintuitive, is to meditate. <laughs> mm. uh, I think that the practice of meditation will make you more in tune with yourself and with the others. Because we, we always live in our frames, we, we all, if we are not in tune with your emotions and you're not in tune with the other people, then you cannot, uh, you cannot persuade uh, efficiently. Gotcha. And yeah. And the third one is to do some improv comedy. <laughs> improv? Yes. Why, why do you say uh, so? Because improv comedy is really helps you to uh, react, be more responsive. You can turn a no into a yes, oh. and you learn to listen. Because improv comedy is all about listening to the other person's proposition, yes. understanding when they, where they want to go. And if you're flexible enough, you can actually use their motivation to actually have something that would be beneficial to you. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just framing the question, improv comedy, and mm. uh, the second one was... Um, meditation. Meditation. All right, boom, perfect, right? That, those are the three actionable steps. I'm going to start. I have done some improv, and it's interesting. Like, I tried to do the, the yes and thing, and it, was, yes. it definitely helped with... Because uh, I had an improv guy as one of the guests, and uh, he had me doing the exercises, and you're right about how it... it it helps you listen, and you just like okay, 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 okay. Trying to get them to say yes. All right, cool. All right, but um, it definitely makes you see things in a different way. So um, I didn't thought about it that way, but that that's a that's a good point. It's a way to persuade people. So, sir, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Well, I use every day my my difference to to make a difference. Uh, I think that uh, using the uh, being a third culture kid has helped me uh, embrace the whole world, uh, see people as a, uh, in a, uh, with more, it helped me seeing people with uh, more perspective. Mm -hmm. I think I'm more open to discussing with them because I won't judge them for their, for their difference because I am different. I know everyone's different, right. but uh, right at the bottom, we, we're all the same, you know, we have mm -hmm. the same color of blood and I think that it helps me connect, and I like connecting people together. So that's how I use my difference to make a difference by connecting people. Well, I love it. I love it. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'll, I'll make sure that I put the links to your book, the links mm -hmm. to the, the, the business you have, and, uh, and obviously uh, your um, other ways to find you, um, you know, and, and make sure we get the we – get, we try to take advantage of your resource. I know you have a free conversion uh, resource for us, so I'll check that out as well. Thank you, Tayo. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.